Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. It's almost quitting time, almost time to sign off for the year. But we got one last bit of juice left in us here on Cloak and Jabber. I'm Alex. And as usual, I'm the sis about to wrap it up for the season because I'll tell you what, it's 10 o'clock, which is the end of drive time. Almost time for third breakfast. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And as mentioned, this is Cloak and Jabber, a Cloak and Dagger podcast. We're going to be doing one last episode here, a little bit of a short episode, wrapping up season two. We're going to talk through notes for the previous episode and also do some predictions for a potential season three. Also, Justin, you weren't here last time. It's true. So love to get your feeling on the season finale as well. But before we get into that, let's go to Brett Macris, our New Orleans correspondent. He sends us notes on what actually happened in New Orleans while the episode was going on. That's a weird way of putting that. That is a weird way, because that's not exactly what he does. <laughs> he gives us notes. He doesn't about give the- us community news <laughs> about the week in New Orleans. Well, I was on the street and Ty passed by. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Cool. It was pretty Reporting everywhere, and there were zombies. Um, so he's got some notes about episode 10, the season finale, level up. Uh, let's get into it. So he says, let me start by saying bug-themed robberies are not a thing here. Just the old-fashioned regular drug addict guy with a gun-type robberies, and they're never jazz-themed. Jazz isn't evil, Alex. God damn it. Uh, he's definitely yeah. wrong, and the season proved him wrong, but whatever you, he wants man. to think. Yeah. Dude, the bad guy was jazz. Right? That, yeah. He was That's, destroying the city with jazz. That jazz. doesn't mean that ba- jazz is bad. Sure. But uh, just like Mussolini wasn't bad. What? Mussolini Mus- was also jazz. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> could trace back. everything back to Thank jazz. You, you cannot. The Waffle House near the 610 freeway was robbed six times in one month, but not by insect-themed robbers. So the amazing thing about the show for the last two seasons is that so many of the locations they use actually exist. Some of the names are changed. Emoji Girls Voodoo Store, probably for permission purposes or just for the plot of the show. But some of them stay the same like the Esplanade Mall. There's a real nod to the city and the businesses and culture that make it what it is. It's something most people, unless you live here, won't really catch. Like the Defend Nola stickers from the record store or the multiple nods to the Mardi Gras Indians. Ty's cloak is an unfinished Mardi Gras costume his brother was working on before his death. It's really showing respect to the whole subculture most people don't know about. They took the church in the Ninth Ward, ruined in Katrina, remade it on a soundstage, and made it Ty and Tandy's home base. But even that's so introverted... Excuse me. <coughs> I wouldn't know Jazz. it... Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know it unless my wife just happened to sit down next to a season one crew member at the Black Penny on her Mother's Day jaunt through New Orleans, where she blabbed to the bartender that her husband sends notes every week to a podcast based on a show that occasionally films at the bar. I'll mention that crew member's response was, grown men watch that show. Uh, All season. Wow, what an indictment. Jesus. Uh, You know what? 
Yeah, crowd men watch the show. You're yeah. damn right. Exactly. We're grown. Yeah, Brent, I want you to find that crew member, and I want you, and I don't say this lightly, kill him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> all season, this show hits home. Literally, all the best spots. Anyway, I'll continue. Okay, so maybe Jazz in the show is evil, but it's not usually evil. Regardless, what the show, again, has done is integrated NOLA culture into its narrative. Music is everywhere in the city. I can walk one block from my house and watch a live band play. I can walk four blocks and have my pick of bands to watch play an entire brass band playing on a corner. It's not surprising that they use music as a weapon for Andre. Music is in the blood of this city, and the musicians are its heart. It's heartbreaking to watch it used in this way by an evil dick, but it's not surprising. Ooh, Emoji Girl blew out the candle. Sorry, Ty. More note on stuff that's happening in the show, but yes, it was pretty sad. Uh, The cemetery where Andre is buried, because I guess the experience killed him, is St. Louis Cemetery Number 2. The same cemetery Marie Laveau, the famous voodoo queen of New Orleans, is buried. On the other end of that spectrum, I live on the street Marie Laveau was born. Her father's house is historic at the end of my block. And as they head off down Canal Street in a bus to wherever their story leads them, I'm realizing this may be my last episode of Notes. I hope not, but if that's the case, I just want to say I've had nothing but a blast writing them. It's crazy what two years of a show can bring. I mean, I had a kid, but even if Ty and Tanti leave New Orleans, this city will still be here with all of its wild quirks, strange habits, and a culture that can't be found anywhere else or fully understood unless you live here. I've been visiting for years and now living here for almost three, and I still don't fully understand it. I just want to say thank you to Alex, Justin, Pete for vocalizing the train of thought my brain vomits onto the page, and I'll end with this. A final challenge of pronunciation. Oh, boy. Oh, this is not going to happen. I'm sorry, Brad. Alex, if you will. Burgundy, Dauphin, Carolorac, Decatur, Pontchartrain, Marinier, and a bonus round, <laughs> Chupatupolis? At Conti. I don't know. I, it's okay. I heard you fuck up Chupa Tulis. And it's Conti like Ty. Conti. Uh, thanks again, but I really can't wait for season three. I'm pretending I'm holding hands with my best friend on a bus. Only it's my pit bull's paw. She's annoyed and I'm on the couch. P.S. Emma Lahana ate at my restaurant, so it's all worth it. And he, no. uh, and he added one other thing. He says uh, he couldn't edit his notes because he talks too much and reached the word count limit um, and where in our Slack where he was posting these. Uh, but as opposed to the episodes when Ty and Tandy talk about going to the beach when they're sitting on the bus, they're most likely talking about what we affectionately call the Redneck Riviera, which is nowhere specific but runs the Gulf Coast, basically extending from Biloxi to somewhere around Pensacola. They say mm. it's so casually like a family planning a trip to the beach and knowing that Ty and Tandy are born and raised Louisiana, they most likely mean the Redneck Riviera. Right. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Brett, thank you so much for your amazing notes. That is absolutely awesome. I will add, before we get to your thoughts and talk about the season in general, Justin, mm-hmm. um, that I interviewed Joe Pekaski, uh for my day job about this, and he said, I specifically asked him, are we going to be forgetting about Emma Lahana and Ali Maki and all the rest of the cast are Ty and Tandy head off. And he said, I'll answer your question with a question. Uh, if you had a cast as talented as this, would you give them up? Of course not. Uh, we're going to keep working with them. Nice. So whatever direction it heads in, it sounds like at least part of the show is still going to be New Orleans based. I hope so. So that being said, Pete and I last episode talked about our feelings of the finale. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about the season? I thought it was, I mean, I love this show. I think this show is one of, I've called it my favorite uh, Marvel show, my favorite comic book show on the air. And I think it's just, it it uses music so well, as Brett was saying. It, uh, play, it 
plays emotion so well, way better than so many other shows. Like, you really feel for the characters' emotions. All the characters are sort of in a gray area where it's not like, that's a villain, that's a hero. Everyone's making mistakes. You never know. We thought Mayhem was going to be uh, a villain here, and she ends up saving their lives at the end Mm -hmm. and really being a hero while also being murdering people. So, like... And In I, Pete's definition, that is a hero. Yes, right. And that's uh, technically wrong. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it ended well. We got to see uh, some new powers from Tandy, which I'm sure Pete um, uh, loves and is still talking about. Yeah. But I want to get to what do you think about this move that uh, Ty and Tandy are going to be kind of, that's going to be the focus of the relationship. I was kind of ho- heartbroken with how Ty left it with Emoji Girl. Like, I feel like he needs to go back and just like, thank her for the sacrifices that she made for them and like try to clean up or make their relationship a little better because she saved their ass so many times and then he just fucking leaves, bounces. I mean, I think he seemed like he wanted to, but it seemed like she didn't want him to. She's mad at him. uh, And so what? Well, I'm I'm just saying she's not ready to talk to him. Okay. And she's got to deal with this. Yeah, she's moved on to being a voodoo priestess. She's done with all of that. She is focused on the afterlife, not the life. All right. Well, I'm just saying it would be nice if Ty like popped in and was like, "Hey, thank you so much." You know, got her. So it's just sent her a couple emojis, which is what she loves. Yeah, yeah. She eats them. Her like, true love is emojis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, would it? Uh, are they headed for New York City? We don't know where they're headed. I mean, that which, would make a lot of sense. That would make sense. Not a ton of beaches in New York City. True. There Maybe are some. Jersey Shore. Uh, there there's are some, plenty though. of beaches. I go to the beach. Sure. The popular theory is they say the beach. Uh, I would say Brett's theory actually makes a lot more sense. Uh, but the popular theory is, is L.A. Oh, L.A. Not Miami. To hook up with Will Smith for a music cool. video. Yes. No, to have to L.A. Be, to have a crossover with the Runaways. I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm hoping for New York City. I mean, New York City is where the com- they live in the comic yeah. books. If anything, I would love to see next season, and I think we talked about this a little bit the last episode, I'd love to see a road trip. Like, they've brought in so many amazing forgotten areas of the Marvel Universe. Despair is a villain? That's crazy. Yeah. So I don't want to see them immediately go and be like, great, okay, we got to figure out some home for the Netflix heroes, so just, you know, throw them on this Cloak and Dagger show. Or, oh, man, let's just have a uh, crossover with the Runaways. Have them travel across America. Have them figure out the relationship together and in the process meet all of these weird, niche characters for the Marvel Universe. I think that would be a lot more fun. Yeah, I agree. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think about um, their relationship status? They're, it's complicated. They're together. Yeah. Yeah. Romantically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like that move. I like yeah. just going for it and trying it out. And I think given, like you said, that the show doesn't shy away from emotion, I don't think it's going to be like, and now they're together forever at the end. Yeah, I don't I, think so. I think if anything, I think the next season would be about how they have a lot of things that they don't really get along about. Yeah, right. uh, and they don't see eye to eye on. Yeah, hundred percent. So lots of fighting. Could be fighting. Yeah, but they work together well too. They do. Yeah. I, I don't know. They have such chemistry together. The two yeah. actors. I love. I, I love the idea of them yeah. in a relationship and seeing where it goes. I keep thinking about even now. I guess it's what a week on or something like that. Uh, but I keep thinking about. The fact that just, like, holding hands is such a big thing for those characters. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, him taking her hand and giving her 
Pete was like, what the fuck are you talking about with this? But I thought this was such a sweet romantic thing. He takes her hand and he gives her like a quick double tap. Yeah, gets a squeeze. Right? I love a, oh. a tender squeeze. That's so oh. such a uh, familiar long-term relationship. Like, And I think they've had such a great friendship. And they've been through so much that it feels so intimate. Did yes. you? He also squealed over the pancakes and waffles moment. Did you? Did I that was, touch you at that all? That's fine. That's fine by me. He, he was, oh. Yeah. Dude waffles, loves breakfast. Duh. I love, I, well, because I thought they were going to eat waffles afterwards. Mm-hmm. I was excited to see that. The hand squeeze got me way more than the breakfast order. Pancakes or waffles, bro? For me? Yeah. I mean, pancakes. Really? Wait. Are we talking about hand holding or breakfast food? Breakfast food. <laughs> what were you answering? I was answering breakfast food. Yeah. Oh. Not hand hold. Yeah. Pancakes or waffles? Uh Mm. Oh, good question. Oh, wow. Wow. Really got you really... Wait, yeah, like, what about hand-holding? Hand-holding? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like to ho- hold hands with pancakes. They don't have hands. Okay. okay. Oh, you get the chocolate chips all over your hands. It's gross. Mm-hmm. Alex mm-hmm. has never held hands with anyone before. Yeah. No, I haven't. I hope, to, I hope to he one day. Know, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know. It's weird because he's... It would clearly, be, he has kids, so he's yeah. had sex. He just has never held hands. Hold hands. Yeah, had what? weird for him. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. What are you talking about? The kids just showed up one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, my wife went away for nine months, came back, and was like, uh, here's a baby. And yeah. I was like, I hope you that's, had a nice trip. That's, uh, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think pancakes. Nice. But for the hand-holding, waffles or pancakes? Uh, waffles. I'm, I'm waffles both ways. Wow, so decadent. <laughs> waffles two ways. Yeah, I'm just saying, well, when it comes to hand-holding waffles, when it comes to pancakes or waffles, waffles. Oh, okay. All right, very cool. Especially Belgium. Great. Wow. Uh, Nothing I, I good can go Belgium either way, waffles. honestly. I think it depends on the moment. Chicken and waffles? Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, any th- other thoughts? Any final thoughts? Things you'd like to see in season three of the show, if there is, in fact, a season three? Uh, well, I would be curious to see how they would do Cloak and Dagger on the Road and uh, New Orleans people still in New Orleans. I, I want them, uh, you know, just kind of like... Getting the relationship moving, but also like the fact that they kind of found out a new move that they can do together, like working on their powers together, also would be great. Yeah, yeah, doing tricks. Yeah, uh, yeah, special moves. Yeah, I don't know. I hope it happens. I really hope it does. Me too. It's this Me is one too. of my favorite shows. I really hope they bring it back. I went I know from it's a hating a the show shot. to loving it. So yeah. I really hope there's more. I would say it's about fifty fifty at this point. Yeah. You know, you have the Marvel of it all. Freeform shows don't do very well with the ratings anyway. Yeah. So in terms of actual broadcast ratings, it doesn't matter that much. But they're very much in a transition period with Marvel TV uh, between Hulu and Netflix and everything else that's going on. Uh, and the other thing that makes me a little iffy and nervous is Freeform usually sends out a lot of press releases that trump things that trumpet things that are not uh, not the typical stats. They're not right. like, it's number one of the night because it never is. They're like, this was the number one most social uh, program for 18 to 24 yeah, on yeah. Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. And they send out a ton of those. They sent out nothing like that for Cloak and Dagger. So that makes me a little concerned. Like, oh, no. by this point, usually we would have a season three renewal for Cloak and Dagger. But the fact that it isn't canceled at the same time makes yeah, me Yeah, because a lot of the networks announced their cancellation exactly. in the last couple of weeks, so... Uh, so it, it's iffy, but uh, again, like I think it could go either way, and probably they're having a lot of discussions behind the scenes right now. Well, hopefully, yeah. you know, maybe we can get some social media behind it, and you know, save cloak and dagger, and you know, 
I you have changed so much since the first season of the show, Pete. Yeah. Yep. You've grown most of all. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Um, also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. That's totally free. Even if things don't work out for Cloak and Dagger, we'll still be here exactly. every single We're week. never canceled. <laughs> We're never leaving. Pete, what We're else just grown men, right, crew guy? Uh, friend us on Facebook so you get to know about uh, all the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live for our ongoing battle with that one crew guy. Also at Cloak Jabber for Cloak and Dagger content. Uh, you can check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Radio Public, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you. I don't know if we will see you. <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. What a sad way to end. Uh, we'll turn see. off your dials, everybody. It's the end of our radio day. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.